You're listening to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And I have thoughts about last <laughs> week's episode. <laughs> Too bad. All right, no, first, you never declare victory early. Oh my god, what the fuck? Don't do that. You were jinxing yourself. But in 2008, I did tell my campaign staff that we had won the election before Election Day because about half of Dallas County voters had already voted. It was clear we were going to win in a landslide. Still, don't stop running. Also, we didn't watch all of Firefly because someone got tired and we stopped to eat. I think Carter got tired, actually, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, no, it was. It was. It was Carter. Um, finally, who, not finally, I got lots. Who took the position, which position between the Frozen and Moana debate here? Hmm? I truly don't remember. Okay, I'll let that one go. Um, <laughs> tell me about the robot costume. <laughs> uh, Trace was a robot for Halloween, but when I- Jacob came to visit before... Um, <laughs> before Halloween, Trace insisted on modeling the robot costume for Jacob, and it was very cute. And it, it was clear he wasn't a robot. He was a giant robot. Yes. So yeah, this Florida guy is crazy, but also, does this mean that Jen's firm is Democratic? Because they're running somebody against Rick Scott. Um, and yeah. So also, I don't know who said Ben was a Republican. He wasn't a Republican. He was a Clintonite Democrat, right? Mm. He was raising taxes and cutting spending to balance budget like a neoliberal Democrat. Now, that, yeah, was, that was Katie. That, that was, was Katie. Me. And that was what prompted my fiscal conservative versus right. fiscal oh, yeah, responsibility rant. Oh, God. Yes. That was the, intense. The, the, <laughs> Kirk, would you like to second on the record? No, because you used the term Paul Ryan Republican. Come on, Jacob. Paul Ryan never had any interest in actually balancing the budget. He was just using it as an excuse to hurt poor people. God, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 wow. had, I had responses ready for your responses. Um, <laughs> All right, then keep I, going. Cause... <laughs> but then I do have an item that says, good job doing my fiscal conservatism rent, Jacob. Um, <laughs> and then uh, also, Katie, I yeah. think that your toast – was recorded for the video for the wedding so i can just pull the audio out and put it on an episode in the future where where i forget about that jacob exists (laughs) that was the best part and also (laughs) finally thank you jacob yeah yeah someone's Uh, really good at public speaking i'm glad you let me on the podcast the two of you do <laughs> all right, that was uh, that's all I had on on, on last week. So, which it was a very good episode, and uh, thank you all for for covering while Jason and I were at Disney World and then on a cruise. Um, yeah, so that sounds way better than Jacob and I talking to each other again. I was in Iowa for longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week we're going to talk about season five, episode six, Ben's parents. So, if lovely a people. Lot of- Yes, a lot of dysfunction happening where you are right now based on when we think we're going to release this episode. Um, Take a break and talk about this dysfunction instead. It's way more fun, I think. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So this episode, Ben's Parents, was directed by Dean Holland. It was written by Greg Levine. It originally aired November 8th, 2012. 
And the summary is Ben's parents ruin Leslie and Ben's engagement party. Chris becomes sad over said engagement and Tom prepares a new business pitch for Ron. I feel like Chris is sad is like all the writers had for season five. They like truly just episode after episode. It's all well, my it's like they, they grab the characters like we don't know what to do with you right now. Holding pattern and just had him right. orbit around uh, a, a black hole of despair. My my notes for for the cold opening are Leslie is excited, Chris is needy, Andy is dumb. Like I feel like that's basically all we had there. Uh, so I had other thoughts. Um, okay. Everyone is swooning over Leslie's ring, which seems a little unreasonably large for Ben's government for salary, particularly given that it was a non-conflict diamond, which is what. Definitely you should buy, but I think you pay a premium for the diamond not being evil. I don't buy diamonds, but that is my guess. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Maybe he got a big win bonus on that campaign that hopefully actually did win. We didn't see that part. Um, Actually, if this episode takes place the next day, it might not have actually – the campaign's probably still going on. Maybe Ben comes from money. You think those two Minnesotans have uh, gold in their backyard like Ron Swanson? I think it's possible. I mean, something allowed him to run for office at a very young age. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in Ben's background that could speak to some some privilege. Okay. 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 All right. I'll accept that. All right. So, Ben and Leslie are getting married. Chris has, has too many emotions. That's, yeah. that's all I wrote. Um... And, man, guys, I did not take good notes on this episode. I'm, like, a little sick, and I had a bad headache, and I'm just looking down at these notes, and they're just, like, engagement party, period. Okay, so... (laughs) What am I going to do with that? A lot of time appears to pass between the cold open and the start of Act 1. Because they're not only engaged, they're having an engagement party, and it has been sufficiently long that invitations have gone out and come back for the party. Uh, Jason and I didn't do any real engagement parties, but to me, this seems like this has been at least a few weeks uh, between the first and second scenes in this episode. Oh my gosh, at least. I mean, I we did have an engagement party and it was probably six or eight months into us being engaged. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that does, you know, not everybody if- would work on that timeline, but still. Look, if Varys can travel as far as he does at various points in Game of Thrones, then, like, you can get people to an engagement party on short notice. I suppose so. Sure. Uh, I like that um, I like that they invited Larry Bird to their engagement party, because uh, Jason and I invited a lot of political folks and celebrities to our wedding, not expecting that they would actually come, but... There were entries in the list on our website just in case some intern in Hillary Clinton's office actually was right. tasked with going and RSVPing no to the wedding. <laughs> I like it. We, we um, got lovely letters from folks. <laughs> yes. Um, and – oh, no. Sorry. My next note is on the next scene. Okay. Never mind. So Ben wants Twizzlers on the candy table. Um, and he wants the party canceled because – she invited his parents. She says no to both, 
which I think is the right answer is because Twizzlers are basically colored plastic and no one should eat them. They really are. I'd like to say that I have some sort of like opinion on this or stick up for Twizzlers out of nostalgia, but I, they're gross. They're plastic. It's, it's not I, something I actually people think, should consume. Yeah. I think that people's dislike for black licorice in part comes from the fact that they think black Twizzlers are what black licorice tastes like. They are not. Yeah. Um, no, I I completely agree. Um, I I like a lot of candy, but there's just a line at some point where it's like, this should not go in my body. Where it's no longer candy. Right. 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 Uh, so Tom and John Ralphio are going to present Rent-A-Swag to Ron Swanson to see if he wants to be an investor. And at first glance, it seems like Tom has learned no lessons. Yeah. Because uh, he has. Brought to you by the guys behind Entertainment 720. Hmm. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I So April is the one in this scene to be like, you can't present this to Ron. This is a terrible idea. And while she's right... Maybe we've done the work to have April grow to be this character, but I also feel like not that long ago, she was still just a chaos agent who would have been like, this is great, you know, more flashing lights. So it's, it's, it's not totally unearned, but it was a little surprising to me to have her like immediately be the voice of reason uh, in the room. So I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Jake. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, okay. so I, so, I read this as being, um, part of her respect for Ron that has sort of developed over the last, you know, couple of months of this show. So that's what I was going to say. I think April is very chaos agent when it's somebody she doesn't have massive amounts of respect for, but I think she doesn't want to have to deal with Ron in the bad mood that would come from uh, uh, him having to sit through this version of the presentation. I think she's self-interest. Fair enough. I'll buy that. Right. She doesn't want to see Tom succeed. She just doesn't want to see Ron go through that. Right. <laughs> um, and Leslie has yeah. made it. Yeah, no, yeah, agreed. Um, Leslie has made a quilt. But she didn't put on the only other man as sexy as Ben, Joe Biden. Also, Anne... Another person we have not figured out what to do with in season five uh, makes a toast. I, so I really like this part. I like that the whole everybody starts to pile on Ben with the like, yes. don't hurt her. It's just. Y'all are my friends too, right? <laughs> and April shrug, like we're back to that's the April we fell in love with. Yes. Right. Yes. It's also, I feel like. A hilarious depiction of something that is sort of real with couples sometimes like sometimes you have a group and everybody is genuinely friends with both parties of the couple but sometimes it's like what no one acknowledges is that like if these people split apart you'd never see that other person again <laughs> it's just a true thing that happens in friend groups and i like their little joke about it here even if you genuinely like the other person sure oh yeah people absolutely. split up like nope I'm going with this person. I came right. in with them. I'm going out with them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, and, and also they almost all of them work with Leslie. They're not gonna pick Ben. Ben, I, does Ben have a job right now? Did he leave the consulting firm? Like he's just kind of floating in the wind without Leslie, right? I suspect we're gonna come to that point in the not too distant future. Yes, uh, I agree. We will, but. He's just, he's riding high off that win bonus. Because at this point, by this scene, it is definitely after the campaign was done and his candidate has won. See, I I think Ben is doing a different thing than I did between campaigns. Ben went and got engaged to Leslie Nope and makes out with her in the back of cabs. Whereas I put my stuff in Katie's basement and lived on people's couches. Yeah. Which is weird because I think what Ben's situation here is accurately depicting is the fact that when you manage a campaign and it wins, you get a win bonus that's usually, what, Jacob, about 80% of your overall salary for the campaign? Is that right? <laughs> no. No. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not at all. Uh, yeah. So then I think we get to the heart of this episode, which is the revelation that Ben is a Picard guy. And not a Captain Kirk guy. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Which I have to say, if Picard and Kirk are the choices, I agree. I would like to hear Ben's thoughts on Captain Cisco. You know, mm. somewhere, I bet it exists. There's some <laughs> sure like does. footage on an editing floor somewhere yeah. that's. I'm but, sure you can read that fanfic, but, awesome. but uh, he he may not actually be in a position to discuss that because in Star Trek: First Contact, his character was on the Defiant, which of course was commanded by Captain Sisko. So he's probably biased. So I see now. I understand why they took this angle on this scene. I, I do think Kirk versus Picard is the classic formulation of the question, though. Really, you don't think people mull over Janeway versus Archer? Nah, you know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, they don't. So Ben's mom arrives. I meant to look up the name of this actress because she said lots of things. And I, she yeah. does a good job. And then I couldn't remember. Then Leslie does something that I think sets this thing going on a bad direction. She's very rude to Ben's mother. She gives her a glass yes. of Chardonnay. I know. But, you know, oh. there are people... I know. You you coastal. Wait, have, have I told you guys? I probably have already said this on the podcast before, but um, my my husband drinks box wine Chardonnay, and I have to sometimes buy it at the grocery store. And I always <laughs> want to like tell the woman when I'm checking out, like this isn't mine, as though they care. But I'm always like, no, 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 that's not for me. <laughs> Sorry, Carter. You- you coastal elites in your wine takes. <laughs> I mean, uh, since wine is grown on the coasts, it fits. I, yeah, that's the that's the joke. I'm from Sonoma County. <laughs> oh, that's right. Nancy Pelosi is your aunt. Exactly. <laughs> Leslie then tries to fix Ben's family, which fixing your significant other's family is always a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Katie. No, no, no. When when Ben's dad arrives with his girlfriend, I think this episode does a disservice to the character of Ben's mom, um, which is that we don't know why these two people broke up. It could be that Ben's dad did something 
horrific. In fact, I think that's kind of the implication. But his mother comes across terribly in yeah. all these interactions in a way that his father does not. And I really don't like how they handled that. Oh, I think his dad comes across horribly. I know, well. but like... I'm not arguing but, but his, that you're wrong. No, but like his mother takes every opportunity to try to start a fight, um, which the dad certainly engages nastily, but like they keep having her be the one that starts it, which I really don't like <laughs> as the episode mm, proceeds. I, I, I hear that. I hear that. I yeah. hear that. None of, none of it's great. <laughs> but then how had I forgotten that Ben's dad is Mike fuck. Mike Ehrmantraut. Yeah, I had also forgotten this. And then I was like, oh my god, it's Mike. <laughs> well, and I went back and was thinking through the timeline because I was like, oh, did this just air before I had seen um, Breaking Bad? And no, no, this is right at the peak of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's playing that one character he now plays <laughs> in everything. I mean, yeah, I'm just he's, shocked I'd forgotten that he was in this. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of a – it's amazing they got him to come over from Community, right? <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Leslie's mom is also there. And I do appreciate that even though they dropped sort of her mom as being like a regular character or person that she interacts with, that they still have the same actress. She's still kind of the same person. Like they managed to keep that continuity up even though she's not – a regular character and then part of me was sad that she's not a regular character you know she comes in leslie it's good to see you did i hear something about you running for office because i haven't been on the show in two and a half years <laughs> right. um but yeah no i i like it and i then i kind of wish she was there she would have been good during the office run you know oh um, she would have been a, I, I think leslie's mom would be exactly the family member you want political campaign advice from i think she'd have a killer instinct yeah that's it, probably true and particularly this version of leslie's mom right leslie's mom definitely went through a little bit of a rewrite at some point like a lot of the characters did because the early leslie's mom that's like super discouraging to leslie that's gone she's right. now funny and inappropriate and like in a fun mom daughter kind of these relationships are complicated way but not in a She's an odious person who's discouraging Leslie. Right. That's true. Um, ben wants to just leave because uh, his dad has shown up with his girlfriend and that just makes everything fall apart. Not and that it was he going has well. an exit plan. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love a good exit plan. So <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. Um, so I, I have but, a question about this. Ben has enough air miles to get them both to Australia with tickets purchased the night they're going to depart. How? We've never seen him fly anywhere. He doesn't <laughs> – he is, he, is he is notoriously cheap. He doesn't spend money wantonly. How is he earning these airline miles? He must run everything through his credit card. He's an accountant. That's Yeah, I, I, I get that. He doesn't run enough – he doesn't spend enough money to – have gotten or this many miles he comes from privilege and those are miles that he's had since he was a child i'm telling you inherited, he inherited those miles <laughs> okay. you can gift miles what? jacob yeah 
rich people do crazy things. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. A lot of this stuff makes sense if Ben is from privilege. These billionaires, they got two, <laughs> three, four pairs of underwear. <laughs> um, there's a really famous Parks line just like shoved into this episode that I didn't notice. The muskox. Yeah, you beautiful, talented, powerful muskox. I was like, I would never have said that it came from this episode. <laughs> I, I do really like the part where we get explained what Ben's parents like the Minnesota white people <laughs> including a reference to the intense rivalry between Minnesota and Iowa yep. like there is like Midwestern states it, it, it's it's a crazy as a native outsider who has become adoptive of this region it's insane the like looking down they do on other states and i want to be like you guys are aware the coasts couldn't distinguish you people at all in any way shape or form right <laughs> in fact to your point i couldn't remember what state he said and so i had written my notes down as missouri <laughs> Why would Minnesota hate Missouri? Man, I don't know. Because, again, I don't even know where these states are in relation to each other. Like, no clue. Sorry if you're from the Midwest and listening to this. I realize that makes me the asshole. Sorry. Um, I was just thinking about... Uh, in a few weeks, we have an awesome interview for you guys that we just did with... Uh, this woman named Kate Black, who wrote a really cool book about women running for office. And she talked about what you're putting out there on the internet. And so should I ever want to run for office, we're gonna have to scrub this podcast. Guys. Okay, look, if you want to run for office on a coast, I think you're fine. But Katie, if you want to run for office in Minnesota, I've got some questions. <laughs> well, first of all, she does not have residency in Minnesota. That I think Yet. is the first obstacle. Yet. Yet. You know, there are plenty of, pe of places in Minnesota where someone of Katie's, you know, talents, skills, background, and opinions could be elected to any number of... I'm sorry, it's not true. <laughs> but, well, I mean, look, there are, there are senators from the Midwest who live in Virginia, like Pat Roberts. See, there you go. That was a weird deep Kansas cut. That was for three people. You're all welcome. <laughs> Okay, the entire so. population of the state of Kansas listens to our podcast. <laughs> and just kidding, I went to KU. I love Kansas. And Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. You guys, you guys done? Just probably not. <laughs> um, and sends. Um, I wrote Aubrey and Chris. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Katie was really sharp for this one. You got to get in her A game. I know. 100%. And sends those other people to talk to Chris um, because she doesn't have the time to deal with him just rocking around and crying, which is really all he does this episode. But um, do you notice what's on the bed with him when he's crying? The food? No, What? Shrimp. shrimp. Mike Schur, apparently if you go to a Mike Schur party, they must have shrimp. Because every TV show party Mike Schur does has shrimp in it. There's this. There's the good place. It's shrimp all the way down. There's shrimp in the good place? Really? Certainly that's not what? a recording joke of any sort, is it? Oh. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure there is some inside joke reason for for that. Yeah. Well, or it could just uh, be that probably shrimp just really is like delicious. shrimp. That's probably as far as the TV show goes. Yeah. And then I I, I really enjoy the part where John Ralphio yes. tries to steal a shrimp off Ron's plate, and he just says, "Rethink that move, son." <laughs> I would say that Ron feels about John Ralphio the way Kirk feels about John Ralphio. And I'm jealous because Ron is actually in a position to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, he stabs him at this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, because Tom and John Ralphio both approach Ron, and that's when Ron learns that John Ralphio is a part of Tom's new business, and things are not looking particularly good for Tom. Yeah. Because of um, I'm also concerned that Ron keeps all of his wealth in gold like that's not a good strategy no you need to diversify big time yeah Yeah. i mean it it had appreciated to an all-time high in 2012 it was time to get the fuck out yeah if he didn't get out in 2012 he'd be very much regretting it now gold is only a good investment in times of severe political instability um thank god we don't have those but even but that's the weird thing about what we have right now Thank is you. that gold isn't necessarily spiking right now either. It's it's just weird. Gold is a store of value. It's not an investment. Put your money in the market. We're a financial literacy podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. Please don't follow our advice. Okay. So I like Leslie, the scene between Leslie and Ben when she says on three separate occasions she's used a quilt to mend fences. And then <laughs> Ben is like, I find this very attractive. Just It's a good encapsulation of their, uh, their whole thing. And at the third time, she's going to solve it is right now. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. Fucking now. And his, I don't exactly remember his words, but you are so wrong, but I'm so attracted to you right now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's very, it's very them, and I like it. And we talk about all the time how good um, Amy Poehler and Adam Scott are at just their chemistry together and everything, but they're, they make it work. Uh, then the best Parks and Rec character shows up. Champion? Champion? Yes. Yeah. Um, He's an adorable little not beagle. Yeah. It is gross that Champion licks all the tears and snot off Chris's face. I mean, I get it. Dogs do that, but it's gross. Dogs are lovely. Settle down, Team Cat. Um, <laughs> Leslie tries to fix everything by putting the girlfriend's okay. name on the clothes. Yeah, let me th- Obviously, Ulani and Ben's dad have a relationship that is important and real but it is completely reasonable not to put unmarried partners who on yes, on on, on the quilt, quilt totally. right if you're still describing people yes. as Especially boyfriend and girlfriend yes as boyfriend and girlfriend you are under no obligation or you have no right to be to expect that you're going to be included as a couple on things that are like familial Yes, exactly. Um, and the fact that every how everyone reacts, I think, demonstrates how dysfunctional all of these people truly, truly are. 
my only note is it's the Midwest. This all should be much more below the surface and not out, not out in the open. I will. Yeah. These, these for, for wasps, these people are being very direct with each other. You're right. Yeah. Then they should all be saying how great and fine everything is. <laughs> or just not talking. That's what my family does. Yeah. 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 Just on opposite sides of things. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you guys are Southerners. We duel. <laughs> um. <laughs> They'd just be saying to bless each other's hearts. Yes. Yes. Uh, Leslie's mom, I don't even know what her advice was, but Leslie says, how can you be so wise and inappropriate at the same time? Yeah. I'm a parent. Uh, um. Then we have the Tom and John Ralphio uh, prep for the meeting. Yes. Yes. Which, uh, and Tom good. is a grown-up. Yeah, yeah. No. Go Why ahead. is John Ralphio wearing his boutonniere on the wrong side of his jacket? Because he's John Okay, Ralphio. I'm sorry. That was the one I took away from the scene. Was there, some, was there other content in it? You know, John. I didn't even make any notes about it. So <laughs> I'm just going off memory. Tom, Tom, Tom is kind of growing up a little bit. He's starting to have some questions about John Ralphio. This is like the... This is a little bit the more mature version of Tom we've been talking about that we were waiting yeah, this, for. Th- yes. Like, he's he's ridiculous, but a real person. Our slow confusion about Tom's character as we started this rewatch is unwinding as we get into these later seasons. I mean, he's got a good point. Get rid of everything except the mannequins. Ron will want to see the clothes. That's not, like, a bad business take. But, yeah, I, I, I love John Ralphio, but this isn't his best episode. He like does lean more towards the super annoying here. Um, I don't know. I don't I'll know always be there for you, except for right now. I've got to go. <laughs> um, at the party, Leslie kind of gives up and tries to get in the cab and run away. And now this time it's Ben who is going to take a stand and say that he's sick of them ruining everything and sort of be the adult which like this is great on a tv show i have really never seen somebody effectively employ this in real life but i mean i think everyone reaches this point with their parents the thing is is that the parents don't take it as well as the parents do on this episode right right? like maybe that's what i mean (laughs) It, it's never just a like, oh, you're right, honey. <laughs> it's, it's, not how, it's not how that goes in my family. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but John Ralphio does come and tell Ron that he was fired and that Tom told him basically to grow up and that that means something to Ron. This is, I, like, I like this resolution of this and, and sort of a step forward in the Ron and Tom relationship too. and then he pitches ron on his idea to market condoms with pictures on them i just not even just not even to get into it <laughs> the last time jacob and i had to do that we had to edit out like 15 minutes of an episode, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> just nope <laughs> yeah i nope. thought we could and then very we quickly just, became apparent we really couldn't. could not <laughs> So we're not even going to try. Um, but Ron also, correct. We had to edit out. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
Kirk had to listen and then edit out. And yeah, you allowed us to record just the two of us again. It turned out fine. <laughs> um, I This Anne and Chris plot line, like it's not even a plot line. Like nothing even really happens nope. over the course of this episode. I don't... And- Oh, it's a mess. So Anne is supposedly dating herself at this point, right? That's what she's telling everybody. She's dating right. herself. Uh, and her trait is that she takes on all the character traits of the people that she dates. So she's trying to be her own person. But at this party, she's running around. She's solving problems. She's caring about her friend's emotions. She is doing what she can to keep things on track and focused on the people she should be focused on. Are we sure in her mind she's not dating Leslie? Hmm. Interesting. Wow, it was a very buffering the vampire slayer take. <laughs> I've listened like... to a lot of Jenny Owen Young's like voice in my head, so <laughs> that cool, makes cool, sense. cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, you know, I bet there's a whole other way to review this show where we just do like a deep dive into what do Leslie and Anne really feel for each oh, other? Oh, no, that's... You know? I don't think there's any romantic interest there. I just, like... I think that her her parasitic sort of need to reflect the personality of somebody else has just latched onto Leslie because she oh, isn't oh, I see dating what you're anybody. Yeah. Oh, Kirk wasn't going the slash route where Katie yeah, yeah. and my heads both No, went. sorry. It's... <laughs> Again, I blame some other podcasts I listen to for that. But I, like... Your point is better, Kirk. You're right. She just is finding a different person to reflect. I, I definitely pointed in the direction of the slash take and then waited for y'all to take it and then step back from it just so y'all would look bad. But Cool. Yeah, thanks. No problem. Thanks, I thanks. There for you, buddy. Yeah, it's fine. That was a very <laughs> step-back jump shot Kirk just executed. Um, yeah, we already kind of talked about Ben comes in and makes everyone say that they're sorry and this goes in the way that it really only would go in a TV show, but okay. But at least they'll all be at the Again, if <sighs> Right. I do think they were a, a little bit implying that Chris and Anne have like a lingering chemistry here. I, I think that is meant to be some of the subtext, but maybe I'm overly reading that. I like I didn't like it, but I thought it was Yeah, funny. I had that same thought is 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 that where they're trying to go and they just didn't wanna like get there in one episode, so they're trying to build backstory and they just didn't execute it super well. I mean that's possible. Um But it didn't I they did not execute it well, if that's what they're trying to do. Um Oh, also, Ben and Leslie ride away in the cab, making out. And that is very dangerous car riding, I would just like to say. (laughs) Leslie is not buckled in. That car gets in an accident. She is in a very dangerous position. And so just something to think about, you know, safety. Wear your seatbelts. Wear your seatbelts. Or you go to jail. (laughs) Is that your position, Katie? Uh, No. My position is you should wear your seatbelts just because you yourself care about your safety and the safety of those around you. We don't need to have an insane sanction for it. Just do it because it's good for people and yourself. So your your, your position, Katie, is that if asked nicely, people will just be generous and kind and follow the rules on their own. (laughs) Yes. Great. I can go with that. 
<laughs> um, all right. Oh, my last note is Tom pitches Ron and Ron doesn't even need the pitch because just the fact that Tom fired John Ralphio shows that he's serious. I mean, we, we already touched on it, but this is a really big Tom moment here. I really feel like this is, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some backsliding and then there's all, you know, Tom's always going to have his moments, but we're, we're past the Anne relationship. Like we're really Tom sort of getting out from under John Ralphio and making a serious business pitch to Ron. Like this is Tom is growing, you know, I second all of that. I will just say, I think Ron needs to learn the difference between a necessary and a sufficient condition. <laughs> like, Tom fi- Tom firing John Ralphio was good on the necessary front. It's far from sufficient to prove the, uh, the value of the business. Cool. Well, what did you guys think of this episode as a whole? Meh. Yeah. I remembered liking it a lot more before I watched it. Like I, as soon as I saw it was Ben's parents, I remembered vaguely what happened and I was like, oh, this is a really good one. And then watching it last night, I was like, it's, it's fine. I don't think we passed the Bechdel test. I, like there's, I, 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 it's a very sitcom episode that I think we, you know, it's a sitcom. I feel like I say that a lot, but like there are times when Parks is good that it actually gets something a little bit deeper. And I don't think we really achieved that here. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Well, I hope everyone has had a good Thanksgiving. I hope this has provided you with, you know, a few minutes away from whatever's going on in your house if you need it. Um, and if you want to write to us and, I don't know, tell us about your Thanksgiving, talk to us about some fanfic universe in which Mike from Breaking Bad could come over and still be Ben's dad, uh, feel free to email us at icetownclowns at gmail.com. Um, you can go on to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash icetownclowns. Tweet at us at icetownclownpod um, or go to our website, www.icetownclowns.com for the episodes. While this isn't the best episode, I really like that it establishes things that become central to the show going forward, like Ben's little sister who becomes a major character and is definitely mentioned again after this episode at some point. Um, but yeah. We're dropping this episode on Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. While you are enjoying your dinner or not, depending on how well your family interactions go, please take a moment to grab your phone and give us a review on the Apple Podcast Store, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us grow our audience, and uh, we really appreciate everyone who has done so, so far. You've been listening to Icetown Clouds podcast about parks and recreation that we are at the end of and that end is now talk to your family and acting it (laughs) almost dang it i got texted and it broke my train of thought what were you going to say Uh, i was gonna be like talk to your family about trump it'll go great Uh, see there now i can leave it in